With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, in the music world, it's hard to find guys that stand up for freedom and that support those of us that do. And my next guest is certainly one of those. Tim Thompson is an alternative singer-songwriter now based in Savannah, Georgia. While living in Nashville, Tennessee in the mid-20-teens, he released an EP, an album, and a single with a punk rock band called Young Heart Sparks Fire. His most recent release, The Crash, marks Tim's first foray into releasing music as a solo artist recorded at home throughout 2021. The project features stark electric guitar and vocal arrangements of six new songs about love, politics, and rock and roll in the age of a worldwide pandemic. Tim Thompson is here now. Tim, welcome back to the show. How are you? This is the first time we've seen you over here on our YouTube and Rumble pages, which we're streaming live on now. How's it going? Yeah, man, it's going great. Thanks so much for having me back. Well, what is on your radar lately? I'm wondering if you have checked out the Vladimir Putin interview with Tucker Carlson. What do you think to the state of the world? We uh, Every time we talk, we always end up talking about current events and all the heavy, serious stuff. And we can talk about music, but I want to check in real quick on what you think of the state of the world, the state of COVID, Vladimir Putin. What's on your radar? Yeah, I did watch it. It was, uh, I said, I had other stuff I was doing when it, like at, when it dropped. So I ended up staying up real late that night to watch it, but I thought, I thought it was really interesting. You know, um, I have, I have some, some friends in Russia, so it's, uh, it's just interesting. I'm always trying to get different perspective than just what is, you know, sort of readily available. So I thought it was an interesting uh, interview and, you know, whether or not you, like either Tucker or Putin or agree with any of his, uh, you know, assessments of the situation. I mean, I was super thrilled that like, despite the fact that, you know, the whole establishment, all the media, the whole, uh, you know, mainstream and the government, nobody wanted us to hear that interview, but yet they couldn't stop us from hearing it. I mean, that was a massive white pill for me. So, I mean, I was literally like, I don't know what it come out Thursday, Friday or Thursday night, Friday morning, all day Friday. I was just like elated because because I was like, man, it, you know, I thought there was a chance we wouldn't get to see it, honestly, because there was such an outcry against him even interviewing Putin at all and, uh, you know, giving him a platform, quote unquote. But I thought just the fact that it happened and the fact that they couldn't stop it from being distributed was a huge win for you know the good guys yeah the real conspiracy theorists though will say i I can almost hear adam ruckus clark on my shoulder saying yeah they want you to believe that they don't want you to see it but they actually do want you to see it they want you to think exactly how you're thinking that there there's some sort of break in this whole thing but really it's still part of a psyop because if you think about it too it it does lead to the degradation of the west in a certain way at least in terms of viewing ourselves as the good guys all the time and like you know bad man over there we're the good ones and and just like sort of creating uh, you know maybe a bit more unrest and 
and unease amongst the citizens of America. And that's probably a good thing. It's a good thing that people see that media narratives that are two-dimensional are almost never right. And when you actually hear someone speak their perspective and the guy, whether you, you know, whether you like him or not, or, or, you, or you think he's a monster or not, what's undeniable is he came off as a likable guy in that interview and he came off as reasonable and very intelligent you know and and sort of even sensitive in a way and and kind of funny with the whole cia jab but i mean so it was a likable interview even if you hate the guy you know like you you know mm-hmm. um so it, it just goes against the sort of two-dimensional thing that paint like this man is a monster and a lunatic what do you think what do you think to that black pill scenario i said before and then also yeah his likability factor uh yeah i don't i mean i guess you can always look at it uh, as a black pill if you want to i i choose not to but i mean i i get the point but i just think that um if you if you look at how again you can just you can always say like oh that's what they want you to see but my take on it is if they can't filter all the information that we get uh in situations like this, especially from, you know, the perspective of a foreign adversary or, or whatever, then it's a lot harder for them to, like you say, paint this picture of the bad guys over there. We got to go get them. We got to go, you know, to war. So I think if you're anti-war or not even necessarily like a peacenik or anything, but you know, you don't like the idea of unlimited CIA uh, manufactured war across the globe, then I think, you have to look at this as a win because it's a lot more difficult uh, to do those things. Like, for example, Putin gave his his take on the Maidan uh, protests as a, a coup d'etat. Now, whether you believe that or not, it's kind of right out of the CIA playbook. If you know anything about the Iran uh, revolution in the late 70s, the way that he describes what went down, the way that Putin describes, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying I'm not saying he's Correct, by the way. I'm just saying the way that he describes what went down at the Maidan is right out of that playbook. It's, it's exactly what, what had happened in, in Iran in, I think, 1978 or nine. So you, we have to at least say, well, it's plausible, right? Like maybe he's just being paranoid and he also knows the history of that the Iranian revolution. Well, but it's he at also least plausible. checked the receipts. He said, uh, you can verify everything I'm saying with Bill Clinton. <laughs> you right. know, like, so he he brought receipts for all this stuff too. I mean, yeah, he definitely. You know, there were points where he he did that that sort of maneuver where he said, uh, "This is what I said. I can't tell you what they said because it was a private conversation." He did that a few times, but yeah, I would. I mean, hopefully, uh, I don't think Tucker will get to, but hopefully, somebody will follow up on those those conver- You know, those points that he made and ask. Uh, you know, Bill Clinton or uh, Condoleezza Rice or whoever, you know, he listed several different people. Um, I, I don't know. I, I kind of think those people will be hard to find, <laughs> but hopefully somebody tracks them down and asks them some of these questions. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you, I, did you catch wind of David Icke going off on Alex Jones this week as well about Elon Musk and all that and Elon Musk calling into the show as uh, as an anonymous caller but it was clearly his voice 
Um, no, because David Icke's whole thing about Elon Musk is that he's sort of, uh, you know, controlled opposition in some kind of way. And he, and he was saying that the AI revolution, um, you know, via Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab was this sort of like they were just like pedal to the metal AI takeover of the world. And people have this automatic knee jerk resistance. But then you, you know, you introduce a guy like Elon Musk, you you let him buy Twitter, you give everybody the illusion that they have free speech, you even give them free speech for a time. And then he soft sells the AI. So the people that would be really resistant to like sort of brain chips and AI technology being incorporated into humanity suddenly are like, well, our hero over here is giving it to us so we can trust him. That's David Icke's take in a nutshell and i'm paraphrasing but uh i'm wondering if you caught wind of that and what's your take on that i didn't catch wind of it uh i definitely can't prove it's not true <laughs> i mean i would say that off the top of my head when i hear that my thought is that if ai is uh, it, you know it's it's inevitable in some sense that there's going to be some degree of AI already is, it's going to, uh, you know, it's going to expand it in, in the way that we interact with it or in its, uh, like, prof, uh, not profile, but like its, its impact on the world that we inhabit. That's sort of inevitable. So, you know, if the, the sort of hard sell, like pedal to the metal guys are, you know, one option, and the more uh, more measured approach that sort of gives people a little bit of a heads up, this is coming, and lets us decide, you know, lets us gives us a little bit of time to say like, how are we going to deal with this? Are we going to, you know, engage? Are we going to not? Are, are we going to, you know, move to the woods in Canada or something? You know, uh, I prefer the latter approach, even if it is some to some degree like a. a, a controlled opposition or i mean in that case it wouldn't even be a, a controlled well i guess i don't know maybe i'm not that clear on the definition of controlled opposition but just well, another okay. part of the plan for instance trump introducing lockdowns he had everybody trusting him that he was like the freedom fighter guy right and he's the one that introduced lockdowns you know yeah. so it's like that's an example of it whereas if we had this sort of a like joe biden uh administration in during that time and he introduced lockdowns think of the level of resistance you get a guy like trump and all of a sudden hey we need to lock down a couple weeks to slow the spread cool guy doing his cool guy stuff and all of a sudden you're like well okay <laughs> that's but an example there... of it i'm a little uh i'm a little like fuzzy on this point because weren't there people Correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I might, I'm just asking. I'm not. I, I'm not. I don't remember this very clearly. But weren't there people initially that were upset with Trump because while he had his his uh, you know Fauci and Burke Burks whatever her name was on TV advising people uh, to stay home or businesses to maybe close down, they never actually did any took any legal action pursuant to that. The administration never never made anybody and that doesn't excuse the fact that all of that was bs right like i'm not it's an example I'm not excusing of any of that but i am and saying he, that and he also could be like in the back going like hey i don't really like this but they they're saying this but it's still his administration it's still oh, yeah, under yeah. His, the, you know not, you yeah, know I'm what i mean like that yeah 
that's the good cop bad cop vibe like hey i don't like what these guys are saying but i guess we got to do it but these guys nah i mean that's that's the yeah. trick as old as time that's the point like you know yeah. what i mean like, and the same with really warp speed. so like hey i'll be the guy that is like on their team but i'll like you know sort of get you through the front door and that's how it works yeah it, yeah i mean i i uh, the same with the with the vax or the i guess we can say vaccine on here right the the chat oh yeah the vaccine TNT, and warp speed and all radio. that yep. uh you know that was all trump's like the the development of the of the vaccine was all trump's to the point where obviously as we all know the the left-wing people were like oh, i'm not going to take it but then you know the the biden administration comes in and they mandate it which of course the the trump administration now has the advantage of being able to say like oh we never would have mandated it but who knows if that's the case or not exactly i mean do, are you back to ai though are you using ai i mean I'm writing a book right now and I'm not good at periods and commas. Are you good? I write everything in a long poem. Everything I write is just poetry, even though it's not. And I always just sort of write stream of consciousness and I don't really, I'm not that good with the punctuation. I need to take a punctuation course or do I? Because now I can just select everything I've written, put it in chat GPT and go like, now punctuate this without changing any words and without changing any of the line breaks because i like the weird line breaks i use so and then it does it perfectly i mean that's an I example mean, of yeah and so then i don't really need to learn i don't really need to learn how to punctuate properly are you good just, just an aside but are you good at punctuation because this is a tough one for me yeah i actually am i am pretty good at writing uh essays essay type stuff so you're good at punk you know where the comma goes you know a yeah one of my one of my you're, you're hidden not afraid talents of a punctuation <laughs> really yeah. i'm good with the question mark i know when it should be a question mark but it's the commas that are tricky and, and then yeah. it, like if you put but in a long sentence and then and do you use it you don't you sometimes if it's a complete sentence after anyway this isn't a, yeah. a boring aside but <laughs> are you using chat gpt for any of your creative work because i think in terms of creative stuff like when you're using it as an assistant in this way where you're not trying to get it to generate ideas for you the inspiration is coming from uh the same place inspiration always came from but in terms of like handling tasks maybe sort of restructuring or reorganizing something something a, something an assistant would do i think it's a godsend what do you think do you use it yeah. like that so i don't i haven't used it uh creatively yet at all but i've used it hopefully none of my uh college professors are watching but i have used it to do uh maths homework in, <laughs> in college and I don't know if I would have passed uh, my last, was it a trigonometry class without ChatGPT? But anyways, um, but yeah, I, I agree with you though. I think if it's, because like you said, there are things that you would have uh, an assistant or like an editor do. And of course you'll still have an editor if you're, if you're doing a book, but it just saves a lot of time and a lot of work if you can put it into an engine like ChatGPT and it can, you know, to some degree edit what you've done. And I don't see, I mean, I, I think I agree with you that it's a, a great tool in that, in that aspect. Yeah. Are you going to use it in terms of making music or anything like that? I mean, I don't really see how it's going to help me with music at all. I don't want, 
I don't want chat GPT ideas in my music or anything like that. But no, I mean, I, are, I, have you messed with it that way? You said you didn't already. So no, I'm more of a I'm, I have more techno fear, I think, than you do. I, I, I'm afraid to get too involved. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I just think um, I mean, no, no, I don't know. I could that I could even explain why other than that. To be honest with you, I just like the process of of like, I mean, I I take my notes in my phone. It's not like I carry a notebook around like a real hipster, but I I just like the process of, you know, ideas coming to you. You make little notes, fragmentary notes, and then at some point, some sort of moment of inspiration will hit, and you'll you know things will come together. Um, I so far I haven't seen a place in that process for AI. For, for myself okay well listen um as a before we go to this break i want to announce that last december julian assange's two-day public hearing was announced for february 20 and 21st at the uk high court to determine whether julian will have permission to appeal or whether he will be extradited to the united states tnt will be at the royal courts of justice broadcasting and covering the entire two days if required then tnt will broadcast from various locations throughout london lighting the fuse for freedom today's news talk tnt will be right back after these words TNT. sonia Porton. you feel the need to describe yourself along with being a useless eater free speech isn't a phobia as a male with a penis why would you feel the need to describe yourself as such well you never know these days do you Anyone can have a penis, apparently. So just thought you better make sure everybody knows. And that and that is the reality, isn't it? Words have lost all meaning. And one of the things that I wanted you to come on and come and join me about and comment about is the whole issue of gender and transgenderism. Are you cis, Jack? No. There's no such thing. There was there was literally no such thing till a couple of years ago. And it's it's their religion. It's not mine. And I refuse to get involved with this sort of terminology. It's ridiculous. Sonia Poulton on today's News Talk TNT. The Irish government is proposing a law known as the Hate Speech Bill that threatens free speech. This law could have dire consequences for our democracy. Next week, next month, next month, and then on to the next week. This law will have uncertain effects on artistic and musical expression. Please support us. It could stifle the activity of public campaigning on political and civil issues and also curtail speech relating to topics about religion, ethnicity, sex, and gender. You could even be jailed for possessing documents, cartoons, or memes on your devices, even if you never read them or intended on sharing them. Mere possession could make you a criminal under this law. Help stop this law. Visit www.freespeechireland.ie forward slash take action to bin the hate speech bill. Ladies and gentlemen, today's news talk. News and information. TNT Radio. And we're back with Tim Thompson, who just told me, and he's probably told me before, but I'm one of those friends that's not a very good friend at all, because I'll forget stuff like this. And this is an important stuff. He's about to get married, but even bigger than that is he's about to be a father again. Tim, 
what's going on you've been a father before you have a five-year-old this is with a new lady though a new family a new adventure tell me about it what why did you guys decide to get married why did you guys decide to have sex out of wedlock and do you think that's a <laughs> sin or are you glad that that happened okay mom nice question <laughs> 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 hey man <laughs> the bible's we, pretty clear on this one no go ahead yeah well you know nobody's perfect uh but exactly. um it's exciting man we're thrilled uh obviously uh and uh why do we decide to get married what it wasn't because we were pregnant i can tell you that i can assure you we were engaged before that ha happened <laughs> um, uh. but i'm uh i guess I, I I'm the marrying kind I guess you'd have to say for better or worse <laughs> I know it's I, I'm I'm totally a believer in it too now and it's like every part of your practical pragmatic self says what are you crazy it's it's just like the, the courts are leveraged against you there's all this failure about it and yet it flies in the face of the direction society's pushing us on and I really just, for me, there's there's certain things the Bible preaches there or says that just seem to work for life. It's like basic instructions before you leave Earth is what some people call it, and it's like that's just one of them. I think I think ideally, you, you know, it's obviously it's kind of crazy to get married in some kind of way because you know everybody tells you how they fail and then the woman can take all your money and courts are leveraged against dudes and everybody knows that but at the same time if you're going to try to start a family with somebody which is i think the whole point of marriage i mean you know you want that sort of unity and protection that that yeah. marriage i think provides right absolutely yeah there's just no better way to to raise kids i mean having a kid you know my my first marriage was obviously not a great experience uh, otherwise it i'd still be in it but but uh you know the child is the best thing ever that came out of it so there's that and and also like having a kid you just realize as as the years go by that there's just no better way to raise a kid than than in a secure you know stable household with with uh with two married people so there's that. I mean, that's the number one thing. And it's like, you don't really need any more reason than that, right? Like if you want to just break it down to like instinct and evolution, that's why we do it, I think, as a species. Mm -hmm. But I do think there is more to it than that, um, that just how to, there's, there's also no better way to become the best version of yourself than to basically, like uh, I think Jordan Peterson says all the time, like Thank to you. chain yourself to another person and just say like, look, this might suck a time or two, but we're not going anywhere. Like going right. away is uh, off the table. So let's figure it out. And uh, you know, there's, there's better and worse ways to prepare for that, I think. And I, you know, one of the things I wish that I'd been told before I got married the first time was like, granted, I also wouldn't have listened. So don't get me wrong. I'm not blaming uh, any marriage counselors for the fact that my first marriage didn't work, but, but I am saying what I, what I wish I was told is that you're going to make, you're marrying the worst version of the person you're marrying and also all the good stuff, but you are marrying the worst version. So 
keep that in mind. Whether and you're not necessarily going to get a chance to see that before it's too late, so to speak. But you have to make that decision. You know, like the Peterson thing is you're you're chained together. You're not going anywhere. That's off the table. And as a result of that, if you stick it out, I think there's no better way to become. A, a more full human being, less selfish, more open to the needs of other people, uh, you know, all that stuff. It's endlessly humbling being a parent, man. Your kid is yeah. not interested in you a lot of the time. <laughs> Just they're not nice to you some of the time. Like it's not what you think in the picture books if you don't have a kid. I mean, a lot of times it's just like boundless love and the cutest thing ever and all this. But a lot of times they're just like, no, no, get away from me and this, that and the other. And just like, you know, and uh, it's a, it can be a, feel like a thankless job. You do. You sort of are constantly being humbled in that state. And like Jordan Peterson says, yeah, it's you're you're taking on this massive responsibility. So it it's the best thing for you psychology, psychologically, because you cease to be the most important person in, in your own world on some level obviously that can't totally be true you have to like look after yourself and take care of yourself and you have to put yourself you know ahead of your relationship with god i mean it's really clear you know you you have to put that connection with god above even that connection with your child because the connection you have with your child depends upon you maintaining that yeah yeah it's it's definitely challenging but like I feel like right now I, it's even, it's hard for me to, like, I'm laughing when you're saying, you know, sometimes it's like, they're not that interested and they're mean to you or whatever. But like, I feel like at, at where my son is five, we've, um, I've like hit my stride in some way, or he's just at a good stage or something like it just is, it's such a great time, you know, to be his dad. And, you know, you're sort of, he's starting to learn things like, uh, you know, like, like ice skating or like, uh, playing sports or something, or, or just, you know, just the, the wrestling around you're doing is more, uh, you know, physical. And he's just like learning how to be in a, in the physical environment, the physical world, which is something I think is, you know, super important. And, and, you know, that's, that's another thing we were talking about, like AI and technology and, that's a huge concern I have as I watch him get into this stage of like boyhood, like not being a toddler anymore, but a, a little boy. And like, it's so important to interact with the physical world in reality. You know, it's fine to, to have your superheroes and, you know, watch Ninja Turtles and whatever. Uh, but it's, there's like such a disconnect when you're five, and you're watching TV and you're imagining yourself as a, a power ranger. And then you go and like try and ice skate and you go like, I don't have any skills. You know, it's such an important uh, <laughs> moment to have. And then, but then, then learn, you know, like you learn what it feels like to be bad at something and get better and better and, and be good at it. And I wonder how much of that um, is being lost to this new newest generation. And, and some of it was even lost for folks in my generation so yeah that's well, something I've been thinking I, I was about. raised on sitcoms a lot of the time I was in front of the TV all the time and yeah. that's no shade to my parents I love my parents very much and they did great but um but Obviously. you know yeah there was a lot of, there was a lot of TV <laughs> but um 
Yeah, my daughter is two and a half, so it's called the terrible two. So, it, but it's still a joy. Even it, yeah. it, you can't help but laugh when they're doing that stuff. It is also, it also sort of you know touches you even when they're sort of railing against you. But I just took her, and she's in the phase now where everything is like, "What's this? What's this?" She'll point to stairs. "What's this?" And I'll go stairs, and she'll go stairs. You know, she'll try to say it. She's learning the world. What's this? Yeah. A fire hydrant, and then she'll be like a tent, you know, that type of thing. And I'll be like, fire hydrant. And then you sound out every word and you realize how many sounds there are in all our all of our words. You realize how complicated language actually is yeah. when you hang out with a two and a half year old all the time. But I just took her to her first swim lesson as well because um, you know, she's been in the pool a bunch, but always with the floaties. And now we're going to this uh, swimming school out here in Arizona. And I was in the pool and just like you're they're teaching us how to teach them how to swim. And it's amazing. It is. It's yeah. like, you know, it's the ice skating thing you're talking about. But for a two year, two and a half year old. And yeah, you can shape them and give them this stuff. It's like. The other one too with my daughter is like I would have like fantasized that oh my god I'm gonna be such a cool dad because I'll like kick back and sing a song and she's just gonna be blown away that daddy can sing a great song but literally most every time I try to sing a song she's like no and starts like hitting the guitar <laughs> it's not what you think that's hilarious yeah my my son actually just saw me uh like play so i did this tribute show to the traveling wilbury just a local uh show that some guys put on it was really fun and and he was with me when i had to go to a rehearsals for that so i took him with me and i got we we played with the whole band and i had him like you know in ear ear defenders and everything and as we're leaving he's getting in the car and he's like daddy you're like a rock star <laughs> i was like that was that was gratifying but yeah That's he's amazing. he's not super interested but it is fun now that he he'll a little bit recognize like i'll play a demo of mine or something while we're driving in the car and he'll be like did you make that song kind of thing and it's it's fun yeah i can't wait for that phase now listen so uh, i mean you were outspoken in terms of covid mrna jabs and you were you know very supportive to me personally and you're you sort of become you know in that movement of musicians that has, has resisted to some degree um in terms of you're about to you know your wife your fiance is about to give birth um there's obviously a lot of controversy about the vaccine schedule for kids and uh the medical industry revolving around that i wonder if you've seen that ricky lake documentary which is amazing and I recommend for anyone who's about to have a baby called The Business of Being Born, you should watch it as well. Are, are, do you guys, are you going to do a home birth? Are you going to the hospital? Are you going to resist uh, the injections they want to give? Is that too personal a question? Uh, no, it's fine. We're we're doing a, a birthing center birth, which is sort of like a home birth if you can't, if you don't have, you know, if you're not comfortable with what you have at home. But uh, it's not a hospital birth. It's midwives and and doulas, not doctors and nurses. And um, we, with with regard to like the childhood vaccine schedule, our take on it is basically we're going to look at everything. You know, I think like many people, we'll look at everything like we wouldn't have before 2022, 2021, whatever it is, you know. Um, 
so we're not say we're not saying no our kids not going to get any jabs or yes we're taking everything that the doctor says when the doctor says you know even with my first kid which was you know years ago we were very careful about spreading them out as much as we could you know uh so that because there's problems with giving a bunch of injections at one time kind of thing like that so we're yeah we're we're not like you know, full on one way or the other, but we're kind of in a, every time what, you know, it comes up that, Hey, this is recommended. It's going to be case by case. We'll look into it and see what, what the prevent, you know, what we think about it rather than just going with the mainstream recommendations. Definitely check out that documentary though. The business of being will, born. Yeah. It, sound, it sounds like you're going to sidestep a lot of those problems, but I mean, it is a crazy industry and labor takes a lot longer than what it, you know than than advertised i think in many cases and hospitals are sort of incentivized to give c-sections yeah um and because they just want to hurry the process it's almost like a sort of factory and what they'll do is the labor takes longer than what you think and so they'll act like it's a problem They'll say, uh oh, the, you know, there's sort of failure. I, for, I forget failure to breach or something or and then, oh, the heart rate slowing down. That's all they have to do is sort of suggest like some kind of, you know, catastrophe. And and a mother, even if she's like dead set against a C-section in the midst of all that pain and a little bit of fear input will go okay let's do it and they'll say we recommend a c-section and then next thing you know she's in surgery and the baby's coming out that way and and apparently too there's um a trauma in terms of the attachment the mother has to the baby there's something that happens in a natural birth yeah. where there's it promotes a deeper sense of attachment um yeah. at least according to this documentary and some of the studies they've done I've, so it's i've been told that you know with my first kid we also did a birthing center and i just if i was going to give advice to anybody that's about to have a kid or or planning on it in the future really consider not uh just you know automatically going to a hospital to do it look into the resources that are around you as far as midwives uh, because yeah they take all of that stuff into consideration you're right when the the endorphins that are produced during the pain of labor in the mother's brain that are shared with the baby and when the baby comes out and is placed immediately on the mother's skin to skin which they do if you go to a good birthing center they immediately just put the baby like you don't have to take the baby away and wash it that's ridiculous just put just hold it immediately right there's a bonding Who that cares? takes place and i don't know if you <laughs> noticed this when your daughter was born but like there's things that the baby will do immediately after birth in the first minutes like mimic the mother's facial expressions like smile and you know open their eyes wide and things like that that they won't then do for weeks after that but because there's there's that shared those shared uh chemicals between the baby and the mother during the labor all that is able to take place so yeah i've i mean i'm fully with you on on that and hospitals you know they want their pound of flesh so to speak and sometimes like mm. when we did it in in nashville <clears throat> the birthing center was across the street from the hospital and 
they kind of, the birth was fine. Everybody was fine. Baby mother's fine. 12 hours or so. We just rested in there and we get ready to go home and they strap the baby into the car seat and then check the blood pressure. And then they go like, Oh, it's a little bit down. So they made us go to the hospital, but I think, you know, Uh we stayed in the hospital for 12 hours for no reason. I mean, it was just, just so they could get their little chunk of change. Yeah. Yeah. We, we ended up doing an unassisted home birth. I mean, I, I delivered oh, wow. my own baby. <laughs> like, wow. There was no doula there either. We had a doula. That's right on in the, the deep phone. end for your first. Yeah, kid, it was man. very deep end. <laughs> it couldn't. It gets none more deep end than that. And seventy-two hours of labor. Seventy-two hours. Wow. It was nuts. It was. Uh, I'll never forget it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And it was. It was awesome. It was. It was an absolutely awesome experience. And. Yeah, I recommend a home birth, obviously, with a doula and, and a midwife if you need one. But um, yeah, it's it's a natural process as well. I mean, yeah. I, one of the things I was like always talking about is, oh, the umbilical cord around the neck. And, and our doula was like, look, that happens all the time. It's no big deal. It's rubbery. You just take it off. They they, right. they create these nightmare scenarios uh, of, a, of a process that is ultimately couldn't be any more natural. You know what I mean? So anyway, let me take a quick break. We'll be right back with Tim Thompson right after these words on TNT. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. What a dink! Nikki Haley had a record fundraising month in January. January ended last Wednesday. And last Wednesday was the day that Nikki was in Miami Beach meeting with a Democrat billionaire mega donor. Yeah, I'm sure those three things had nothing to do with each other. Right. Tell you something else that has nothing to do with anything. And that's Democrat politicians with R's after their name, like Nikki, like Chris Christie, like Lindsey Graham, like Mitt Romney, like Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger. You know the type. And Republican values. And yet all of them claim that they are in politics to preserve and uphold Republican values. No, if you want genuine Republican values, you've got to look at Donald Trump, at the America First agenda. You've got to look at what make America great again really means. It means a rising tide lifts all boats. It means prosperity for regular workaday people, not just elites whose values are more in line with Davos than with those in the Dakotas. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for today's News Talk. TNT. Hi, I'm Ryan Blaney, a third generation race car driver, and we dedicate a lot of our time to going as fast as possible. But when my grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us. It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently, experiencing problems with their memory, or having trouble with routine tasks. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services, make a plan for the future, and access available treatments. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT, with Joseph Arthur and his Technicolor Dreamcast. And we're back with Tim Thompson, singer-songwriter. He's about to play a song for us called Brick by Brick. I believe that's what it's called. Tim, set it up for us. Yeah, I think it's called Brick by Brick. It's very new. Uh, (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's just, um, you know, well, you and I had a conversation kind of about this the other day that was the the seed of the song. But 
it's just about uh you know restoring relationships keeping keeping in focus the the uh the battles that we face against principalities and powers our enemies are not uh our friends you know or other people or even though relationships get broken and and we f we fall apart from people whether it's intimate partners or or friends or whatever uh colleagues yeah the song is just kind of uh, hopefully prophetic i think uh that you know grace grace covers all that and uh yeah all right without further ado brick by brick by tim thompson brick by brick the walls come down inch by inch we take back ground We wrestle not against flesh and blood The battle is the Lord's Brick by brick the walls come down Jericho we march around Bear our feet on holy ground Hands up with a joyful sound Singers before the sword Jericho, we march around Brick by 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 brick The walls come down Brick by 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 brick It's a joyful sound I'm not the same as I was then A broken and a brand new man To the persecuted goes the kingdom of God The meek shall inherit the earth My broken heart is open and Brick by 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 brick The walls come down Brick by 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 brick It's a joyful sound Brick by 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 brick The walls come down the walls come down Brick by brick by brick by brick It's a joyful sound When the walls come down
coming down between our love Cheek is turning, push has come to shove People learning what a soul is made of Walls are coming down between our love Walls are coming down between our love Cheek is turning, push has come to shove People learning what a soul is made of Walls are coming down between our love. I love it. Beautiful song, Brick by Brick by Tim Thompson. Very Christian themed, right? I mean, turn the cheek. Uh, um, yeah, there was a lot in there. And what's the Jericho part? What's that bit? Oh, yeah, that's the just the reference to this, the story of Jericho where the the uh, walking around brought down the walls and uh, there's this I, I actually when I, I was writing it I was I, I'm not sure that the singers before the sword reference is actually from the story of Jericho but it is from the same uh, sort of epic in the in the the Old Testament of that when the the uh, Israelites would go to battle the priests would go before them singing uh, singing uh, songs so that's that reference and is this part like this seems to be the most sort of overtly religious or spiritual song that i've heard from you is this like a new phase are you coming more into a sort of spiritual connection what's going on with you it's uh well i started with the first songs i ever wrote were church church songs um i think what's what's happening now is i'm, I'm just more comfortable with how to express those themes without writing church songs, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. It's difficult. It's anytime you bring up God, it's so problematic for everybody, for the believers, mm -hmm. for the non-believers. It's, it's very problematic. But if you try to discuss um, almost anything, I feel like without bringing them up, that's equally problematic or sort of more so problematic. I'll give you an example. I was in a Bikram yoga class today and my, and I love my teacher out here, Sintra, shout out Sintra. Um, and she said something about how love is uh, a, a, like a prison, um, you know, and uh, you have to just like, love yourself or something along those lines <laughs> i'm doing like you're you're like burning up you're in 90 minute bikram <laughs> class you're full of sweat and i'm just like thinking like and finally like i kept looking at her and she goes do you want to say something and i said is do you really think love is always a prison and she and uh and uh, and then she's like yeah and i'm like I, and then i said only human love <laughs> like you won't bring up god she can't bring up that those concepts in there because 
that'll offend at least half the room, if not more. <laughs> so you got to talk about these things, but you're not really talking about them. If you bring, like, I understand the point she was trying to make. Like, if you're seeking love from another person, that becomes a trap. But when you just put love as a prison, then you're, but the, my head instantly goes, no, love is liberation. Love, yeah. love of God is liberation. <laughs> That's the opposite of seeking it from a human being, though. So it gets, you know, and I'm and I'm telling myself, like, dude, just let it go, you know, <laughs> like, like you know what she means. But I ended up asking her, and then we had a funny exchange. She said, "No, uh, it it goes with my dogs too." And then I said, "Yeah, but you know what dog is spelled backwards." <laughs> <laughs> That is some first class God smuggling there. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was a good moment. It happened today. And it occurred to me, I was like, yeah, you, you know, it's always a problem to bring up God, but it's more of a problem not to. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. a good lyric right there, actually. There you go. <laughs> I played that I played that song in a bar the other day and it went fine. I don't know if anyone was listening, but nobody they didn't kick me out or anything, so <laughs> Well, it's anthemic. It's it's alternative rock sounding. It's not. It's melodically pleasing. You know the brick by brick by the yeah. whole trick of the melody not changing and the chords changing. And I think I stole the chords from along the watchtower or something like that. I think that that's the same. Yeah, I can't go wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and and a lot of times church music as well it's like it's too heavy-handed you know it, mm -hmm. you have to you have to incorporate the shadows of faith you have to also talk about the difficulty of faith and the difficult aspects of it so that people can relate to it because ultimately who you know you're you're probably not wanting to just preach to the choir you're wanting to sort of um give other people permission to throw down their sort of preconceived notions about what belief in God is all about. And that it really is just the consciousness we're in right here, right now. And, and it's just about being present in a, in a, in a big way. And, and the, like you're saying oh, that the battle is with principalities and not with flesh and blood. I saw something on Twitter, a little video about this guy who was talking about how he couldn't forgive his father. And then his pastor told him, you have to look, you wouldn't blame um, a home for being vandalized, right? You, you, If you saw a home that was vandalized, you wouldn't think that's a bad home because it allowed itself to be vandalized. That's how we have to look at people who do, you know, sort of commit evil acts towards us. It's not really them they're being vandalized by sort of principalities or demons, if you will. And then that's the key towards forgiving people that have harmed you in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's sort of the theme. And I agree with you. I mean, I love church music. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I think that's, yeah, well, like <laughs> really? good, good, good church music, <laughs> but I, I just think that it's not the, there has to be, there has to be ways of of expressing those ideas and those themes w which are appropriate for you know dive bars as well that's my <laughs> that's what i'm kind of shooting for if it's overly religious and overly preachy and just overly like jesus is lord you know jesus 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 that's going to be alienating to a lot of people i think we have to find sort of um 
you know, more intricate ways of expressing these things or more nuanced ways that allow people to know that no one has perfect faith. You know, faith is a mm -hmm. work. Forgiveness is a work. And these things are entities that you invite into yourself, you know, um, that you cultivate yeah. as a daily practice. I mean, how do you cultivate your spiritual life? It's a good question. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I'm a, I believe in prayer. I try to, um, I don't try to, I, I pray all the time. I mean, uh, I don't have like a super, uh, rigid, like schedule. I'm not really that kind of person. So people will like, who get up in the morning at an hour early to do devotion and that kind of thing. I'm not, that's not kind of my style, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I read the Bible and I try to, I do a lot of listening, like audiobooks and and podcasts and and all that kind of stuff. And I try to keep that mostly edifying in that way, you know. Um, and even if it's like current events type stuff, uh, I try to try to find people that have those kinds of perspectives. Like I don't know if you know about uh, Patrick Bet David, the PBD podcast, Valuetainment, those guys. Sure. He's a guy. He's a guy I've listened to a lot recently, just because uh, I like his his perspective on things. That is that that he comes from like uh, the Bible centered. Like like I mean, he's not preachy about it. I don't know if you if you're familiar with his work, but like um, I've but seen very, the podcast. Yeah, In fact, he's I just saw Mike, Michael Rappaport. I saw Michael Rappaport yeah, yeah, yeah. on there. Yeah, yeah, I was listening Michael to that Rappaport's in the gym. Yeah. He's having a major red pill moment. He's like, <laughs> like Trump voting yeah. for Trump is on the table, and you know he he's clearly seeing uh, seeing through the con job his his, uh, his belief in Joe Biden has brought about to our country. Yeah. You know, and, and it's interesting and good on him. I mean, I can't help but like Michael Rappaport, even though I yeah, don't same. agree with a lot of what he says and all. He I find him incredibly entertaining. And even if he's like, you know, he, he's not afraid to be a heel. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I've noticed this on Twitter, though, that that it, to cultivate energy, sometimes you have to go negative. You have you can't be afraid to sort of wage war, a Twitter war and stuff like this. I'm, I've been thinking about this lately, and I'm wondering if I'm going to ever do it. Just like go unhinged or something on purpose to cultivate uh, energy because that's that that's the tactic a lot of these people use have you noticed that yeah definitely i mean i don't know the, the it's it, yeah it's weird twitter is, is still weird i enjoy it like following certain people that i follow and stuff but yeah definitely negativity gets the energy um but i think i mean the people that i enjoy following it are people who do it with humor like michael malice is probably my favorite twitter follow and uh there's some other people that have a similar way but um, yeah, he's very much the negative, like garnering that negative energy, but in a positive way. Or in a nice. Way. All right. Well, tell everyone where to find you, Tim. Yeah. I mean, follow me on uh, Instagram at T Thompson Music or Twitter X, same. And uh, check out my band camp, Tim Thompson. Everything's up there that, that I have out. And, uh, you know, purchase and download. That helps. We're trying to record some this year. So, yeah, head over to my band camp and help us out. That'd be great. Tim Thompson, I, I support you, man. I think you're great. I think uh, you're going to do really well. And I can't, I'm so happy for you and your new family. 
Keep listening, everybody. We'll be right back with more after these words on TNT.